welcome to the podcast, The Common Bridge with Richard Helpy. Rich is a successful entrepreneur in the technology, health, and finance space. He and his wife, Leslie, are also philanthropists with interest in civic and artistic endeavors, but with a primary focus on medically and educationally underserved children. My name is Brian Kruger, and from time to time, I'll be the moderator and host of this podcast. So welcome back to The Common Bridge on this New Year's Eve. Uh, ready to embark on a new decade, say goodbye to the teens, a <laughs> decade of division, and uh, an unfortunate rise in polarization and political extremes. Um, seem to have thrown out reason and compromise and replaced it all with anger and a whole lot of venom. But um, this has been a really exciting project for Rich, and it's gone way beyond what we expected this quickly in the process. So like last week, Rich isn't in the studio, and this is the second uh of a two-part urine review for the Common Bridge. And in this first segment, Rich talks about a simple four-part solution to our healthcare crisis. And um, like most of Rich Helpy's policy analysis, he has some pretty simple, straightforward solutions that might not thrill the polar extremes, but makes pretty good sense for the rest of us striving for that Common Bridge that connects us and doesn't divide us. So here's Rich Helpy talking about his healthcare solution. I think the right way to do this, though, is to face the fact that we've tried to put a patch on a patch on a patch on a patch on a patch. And there's a comes a time when you have to just look at this structurally. So what I would propose is just a few things would solve the whole problem. First thing, for all of the wonderful tax-supported health care that we have, Medicare, Medicaid, CHIP, TRICARE, even the VA, consolidate all those bureaucracies and all that spend into one universal system. Everybody gets that. If you're a citizen of the United States, you get it. Everybody gets that plan. It's paid for. Everybody pays something. And perhaps someone at the bottom of the income scale pays $50 a year. And maybe someone at the top pays $25,000 a year. You put it right onto the 1040, and you, that's how you raise the money for it. And you consolidate all those bureaucracies, all of, by the way, whom will defend themselves, and get it down to one single spend. That's one layer. Now, everybody's got something. Next, you allow a private insurance market with the appropriate controls about shall issue and not denying on pre-existing conditions or on uh, genetic for people that want to buy faster access, that want to buy more choice, that want to buy more innovation. Isn't that, that component sort of exists today, yes? I mean, you could walk out and go, look, I've got a big bag of money and I'm going to go somewhere and go, look, I'm, I'm going to pay for really good health insurance. Well, Is that th not true There's lots no? of ways to do that. And if you look at every centralized system around the world, there is a secondary market. And everybody that has the resources buys something on the secondary market. And they do that to avoid wait times. They do that so that they can get more advanced care. Of course. And they, that will always happen, right? It, it is. And, and people like to point to Canada. And frankly, Canada's system works well because they have the United States next door as their secondary insurance. And all of my – I had many – thousands of hospital clients – and all of them on the border and in the Sun Belt were all set up to take in Canadian patients who had insurance if they didn't want to wait the months for their 
knee surgery or their hip surgery or their heart surgery, they came to the United States. Okay, so I'm going to pop in here again. Uh, this this podcast was from last August, and we're going over um, Rich's four point plan to uh, fix uh, the healthcare insurance program. So, just to recap, his first one was we consolidate uh, existing programs like Medicare, Medicaid, CHIP, Tricare, things like that. And then, secondly, he's saying that let the market provide uh, solutions and programs for folks who want faster access, better access, more. Uh, choice and more innovation and such. So uh, we'll uh, send you back to Rich now, back in August of uh, the Common Bridge. So that's the second layer. You have that, that, and let the market innovate. I mean, if somebody points to a, a podcast or a device that the central government invented to let us have conversations like this, then great. But look where the innovations come from. They come from the private sector uh, solving something, yet distribution's not great, right? And you can't, and I'm of, I'm of the belief that um, we have all the resources in the country to provide some level of care. And that's where that, that first leg comes from. The uh, third thing I would do, if, uh, if, I, if it was possible, tomorrow I'd make everybody eligible for Medicare Part D. Medicare Part D covers drugs, uh, it's a fair fight. It pits the insurance companies against the pharmaceutical companies. Okay, so there's no copay with D. There's just oh, there's copay. There's but you okay. pick. You pick um, uh, the Medicare Part D is a been a stunning success. Ninety five percent subscriber satisfaction still. Uh, it is running forty percent below the cost projections. And how did they get there? They made it insurance. If a person or when a person becomes eligible for Medicare, you don't have to sign up for Part D. But if you wait until you now have drug needs, the catch-up premium is really steep. So it attracts in the 80% of the people that are only going to use 20% of the services and provides enough funding for the 20% that are going to use 80% of the spend. And by the way, this isn't an idea that was invented in the good old USA. The Australian national system uses something very, very similar, and it works really well. How long do you think that's been going on in Australia? I'm not familiar with it. I uh, don't know okay. how long Australia's had that, but just uh, want to worked out the kinks yet. I mean, if, if it's oh well, they're all aware. We start paying in when you're 19. Really? Yeah, and you don't have to. But if you wait till you're 28, it's a lot of money to get in. <laughs> all right, right. So it's it's true insurance. Um, and then the fourth leg that I'd put on this would, would be a very simple, tax the benefits. All right, if you're, remember the origins. The origins was I can't give you wages, so I'm going to give you this health insurance. It has monetary value. I guarantee you give somebody a, on their W-2, they made $45,000 a year in wages, and they made $25,000 a year in health insurance benefits. Now they're going to start paying attention to utilization. They're going to start paying attention to what's in that plan, and they're going to work to bring the cost down. And you could phase that in over five years. And before you ask, I'll tell you, if there's only of those four things that I outlined, what would be the key, the catalyst to actually get us on the right course? The key would be to start taxing the benefits. You could do that. 
phase it in 20% a year over the next five years. Because you think that gets that gets somebody's attention. It it starts to put the economics down into the very powerful free enterprise engine that we have, and it lets consumers make choices, and it creates the moral hazard of consumption uh, uh, prior to um, utilizing services. Now, I want to make sure before I leave that topic, though, that there's two sides of the coin about utilization. So the tools of co-payments and deductibles were used to prevent, somewhat prevent the you know, capricious use of health services. And it does work. And, and healthcare utilization does come down. But they've also found that it comes down inappropriately. People don't get the needed care because they don't want to have to pay the deductible or don't want to have to pay the copay. I see. And so that that is a a, a real hazard. Yeah. Be- but comes a block. Yeah. But if again, if if you start taxing somebody for that twenty five thousand dollar plan, you're not saying you can't have it. You're just saying it's compensation. You're going to pay taxes on that. We'd really get this looked at. So there you have it in four easy steps. And uh, and I'm not being flippant about that. When you sit in the room with Richard Helpy, uh, he gets you to believe that really quick, and it makes sense. It's really cool. So, you know, he, he says consolidate the current programs, uh, you know, and then let the private market uh, provide for the spaces in between for better access, faster access. Uh, and then the third stage was to make everybody eligible for for Medicare Part D. And then the fourth stage, which I, which I thought was most uh, interesting of that bunch, is you tax that benefit. Um, and it does a couple of things, gets people, but you know, most of all, gets people interested in paying attention to what they're doing with their own health care to take ownership of it. So that's great. So finally, and I think it's an apt way to end this um, uh, this recap, this two-part recap of uh, the Common Bridge, um, Early on in, in, in this series, it was in the first episode, Rich does a, a really great uh, summary of why he did this in the first place and what this podcast will be all about moving forward. So we're going to end it with that and um, say just a happy new year and a, and, and a promising new decade for everyone from everybody here uh, at the uh, production studios of the Common Bridge. And so the, what what I think about on this podcast and when I think about what to do with the remaining time I have on earth, I I like to think of the analogy of a bridge. So imagine a bridge spanning a chasm and you've got a support on, let's say the right bank, and it's a very strong support and it's, people are working really hard to build that. And on the left bank, somebody's working really hard. Other people are to, they're going to try to build that left bank just as big and as strong as they can. And now that span goes out across the chasm. They both collapse in the middle. Nobody gets across that chasm. There has to be reaching out from the right to the left, from the left to the right, with a big old support in the middle. And yeah, that's where. Yeah, but is is it your thought that there's a stream out there that's not that, that doesn't have a voice right now? I, I'm hearing from you that it's there. There's there's some people like you out there, but it's not on either extreme that you're hearing about that's getting that attention. It, it first of all, it'd make terrible theater, and it'd make, <laughs> it'd make terrible sound bites, and it would make uh, terrible fodder for the national hysteria 
that the legacy media and the primary cable so-called news networks like to put on every night. So, so let me let me kind of run through this then to the end. All right, I'm going to uh, try to be a. I'm gonna get my brains beat out on this, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> We're gonna try to be original. There's plenty of places for extremists to go. Okay, and if you've heard it on ten other places, you're not gonna hear it here because if you want to hear the far right, the far left, y- y'all know where you go. It's going. everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. You yep. can go get that. Yeah. We have solvable problems. And so we're going to try to be solutions oriented. We're not going to give in to dogma. We're not going to give in to partisanship. And we'll call out stupidity, and no matter where it comes from. Um, that's an open market on certain places, and the preferred delivery method will be sarcasm. Just because I'm very well practiced at that. Um, we will bring in interesting guests. Um, we will step off of hype. And uh, we will find out. We'll find out if there's more that unites us than divides us. Sounds like you're not looking for a winner or a loser. You're looking to move forward. That's a great way to put it. And, you know, if we can find a solution, there's a solution to immigration. There's a solution to guns. There's solutions to health care. And you have to be able to sit down with people. And, and sometimes when I talk about some of these solutions, people look at me and they'll go, yeah, you know, that's a really good idea. And then... But, and then they'll start criticizing, if they're a Democrat, they'll start railing on the Republicans. If they're a Republican, they'll start railing on the Democrats. And can we just stop and say it's an idea and maybe tell the people that we elected who work for us, we don't care about your party affiliation. We don't care if you have a D, an R, an I, a W, a P, and whatever next to your name. Fix the problem. It's there's solvable problems. We can compromise. Not everybody's going to get their own way. But this notion that we're going to go from one extreme to the other and 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 then and then be surprised that we have this national anxiety. You know, in this face of this really robust economy, and if you looked at the um, uh, statistics that came out this week about how the income, uh, household incomes are up and wages are up, and it should be happy days are here again. But instead, we have other statistics that show that we've got a lot of social ills. And we need to calm down, back away from the partisan brinksmanship, and let's talk about what ails us and how to solve it. You have been listening to Richard Helpy's Common Bridge podcast, recording and post-production provided by Stunt3 Multimedia. All rights are reserved by Richard Helpy. For more information, visit richardhelpy.com.